0: happy sunday everyone so good to be here um that communion was great you know i I really enjoyed that because i loved what josh said about us gathering together you know um if you're with your family if you're whoever you're sharing uh the service with just gathering together and doing communion Uh, and even if you're alone right now in your home you're not alone because we're gathering with you. You know, it may be virtual still right now, but it's okay. We're gathering together. And that's kind of what I want to talk a little bit about, um, the fellowship uh, of the believers. So let's just get into it. Let's go to Acts chapter two, verse 42. And then from there, we'll jump uh, over to Acts chapter five, verses 40 through 42. And I just want to read both of these passages of scripture we'll start with acts two and 42 and it says this and they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers and all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Now, let's jump over to Acts chapter 5, verse 40. And when they had called in the apostles, these are the council people calling in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. How awesome is that? And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Powerful passages of scripture. The first one we read deals with those who were new believers as the early church was being formed. And then obviously with Acts chapter five, you see how the apostles were beaten and yet they were so encouraged. And I wanna talk a little bit about that. First of all, we have to understand, you know, just naturally, you know, as far as every occupation uh, that is out there, it needs people. Every single occupation you can think of needs people. You know, we all need people. As a matter of fact, um, success when when it comes to life, success regarding any level of profit can only be found at the end of that accomplishment, which is people. So, in other words, whether you're an artist, you need a fan base, whether, you know, it's about the economy. For an economy to be strong, it needs to have productivity. And for that to occur, you need to have labor. So in every way, whatever niche you work in, you, you know, whatever part of the market, whether it's industry, manufacturing, whether it's finance, there has to be people involved. Because the selling or the buying of goods and services, you need a person on both ends. You got to have people doing the selling and you got to have people the, doing the buying. And I think what we tend to, well, you know, in this day, what has kind of become sort of a norm is that when it comes to people and the church, we've kind of treated the church in a way where it's more about trying to get people in for the sake of a prophet or for the sake of a quote unquote ministry. And what I mean by that is, it's become more of an organization and less of a family. Um, and I think God is really waking us up to what the early church looks like. I mean, Brahman and I preached on it a few weeks back for a number of weeks. And look, I'm I'm sure it's it's more they'll get into when when that comes back up. But yeah, when we see the early church, we actually see how people should be regarded as and, and the way they should be treated. As a matter of fact, when we look at verse 44 in that in that first passage that I was uh, reading in Acts chapter 2, it says, And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts. Now when we read this scripture I know you know it can easily be manipulated in 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 the sense that oh you got to take everything you have all your possessions and give and do this and do that. But no, it's not about trying to create a result. That that's actually the result. That just happened. But what we should be noticing is what the passage is really about and it says it even in that last verse that last part of the scripture they received their food but how did they receive it with glad and generous hearts it's the sincerity that we want to be after and that's what matters that's what mattered when it came to the early church the early church didn't tolerate the manipulation and the greed as a matter of fact when you look at that part in the same passage as you continue to read you see what happened to Ananias and Sapphira you know they they did the same thing but their hearts weren't right and we can see in that scripture they dropped dead within seconds but it was to show us it's it's not about making people look bad it's actually about us coming together with the right hearts because that is what shows the glory of God so with having glad and generous hearts the two things i want to even highlight in this passage is this these new believers they devoted themselves not to the apostles so they weren't devoting themselves to the leaders per se. So the whole part of oh, the leaders are manipulating and, um, you know, we, we want to be controlled by the, the senior pastors or, you know, it's, it's them who we look to. No, this was a family. They were actually being devoted. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings which was given by the Holy Spirit. And not just to the teachings, but this is the part that we really wanna focus on today. The fellowship of one another. That is what is awesome. It's the fellowship. Let's see what fellowship does. If we look at the apostles in chapter five, what happens? Well, they were beaten, but two things happen. Number one, because of the fact that they were beaten, they came out rejoicing. Now, who does that? Who who comes out of a, you know, being flogged and being beaten and being told, "Don't do this"? I think naturally, you know, after you felt any type of pain, you will really want to consider what's been told to you, and you kind of want to stay in that line because you wouldn't wanna be beaten again. Who would wanna go through that? But they rejoiced because they counted it worthy to actually suffer for the name of Christ. But two things happen here. And this is what I feel like, especially when we are being strengthened as a body, We can see two things that take place. Number one, the apostles wouldn't have been able to do what they did without the power of the Holy Spirit. First and foremost, I mean, Jesus said, go and wait till you are in due, till you are empowered with the power of the Holy Spirit, till you're clothed with him. And he told them to go into the upper room, which, by the way, was a house. It was a room in a house. And they waited, and once the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and once they were baptized, speaking in tongues, then you see Peter with boldness preach. Then you see the church begin to form. Then you see people repenting and thousands coming to Christ. But that could not have happened without the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's the first thing. But the second thing is the fellowship that they had with one another and with the believers. Because what happens? What happens with the apostles is that they go away, they're rejoicing, and what do they do? They continue to teach in the temple, but also teach from home to home, magnifying God, glorifying God. And this is where their strength came from. See, it's just as important in our fellowship as it is being led by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when you see and when you read these passages, you actually get how strong and how unified the unity aspect to it. The brothers and sisters being together, you see how much that means when they're meeting together in each other's home. And I truly believe this was so strong. This had to play a huge part. If one of them felt discouraged, the other one was there to encourage them. If one of them felt down, the other one was there to lift them up. Whatever situation they were going through, especially after that moment, they would pray. And Jesus already tells us when two or three are gathered together I am in the midst of them. We need one another. So what does fellowship do? Well, it breeds trust. It causes us to trust one another even more. It, it helps us be vulnerable together. It creates family in a sense of I'm in this with you and you're in this with me. It builds connection. It builds a community. And this is exactly what we need. You know, when I look at this lockdown, and I want to get through this without shedding any tears, because I believe I will. Um, but when I look at this lockdown, a lot of people could say, and, and it's true, either this lockdown could make you or break you. And, and I think, even as a community, we've probably experienced both. But to say as a collective and as a body and as a community with one another, I believe we've gotten stronger. I believe in our communication from the first day we went online. I believe it was that Josh and Abby's place which was awesome. It was incredible. It was like, wow, we're pushing through this thing. We're not going to let, you know, the fact that we can't gather together stop us from gathering and seeing one another and praising God, yet yeah, in separate homes, but together in spirit. But to see how we've improved in our quality that so many guys behind the scenes. I mean, they have worked the the audio team, ha, and, and the the tech team. And these guys, I've been able to see it firsthand. Their communication with one another. They, are um talking out different things and seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, putting this in place. Okay, switching that out. Now let's keep going further. Yeah, this looks better, but now let's keep growing. Let's keep pushing the line. Let's keep pushing the boundary all the way to the point now where we're experiencing church on our own church online platform. You know, we don't have to go through YouTube to have service with you we are on our own line, our online platform, which is awesome. And the quality that these guys have been able to present, it shows me that as a community, we are actually getting stronger. You know, we now have the community button, which we can come together and gather together. And I I, I really want to encourage us as we are going forward, let's not look backwards. Sure, we want to gather together and we will. We're going to have that. You know, I believe it's going to come soon. You know, we want it to come like tomorrow, but we're getting there. It's It's been a long road. It's been a long process and we're getting there. But as we are going forward, let's think, how is this going to look going forward? When we gather together for worship, it's going to be amazing. But let's be intentional even when it comes to gathering physically, when we have the opportunity to do so, when the restrictions are at ease and we can actually be in one another's homes, let's do it. Let's gather together like never before. I'm sure there are life group leaders out there that have been sort of used to this thing when it comes to what pre-COVID looked like. But after we come out of where we are currently, I want to encourage all of us, let's gather together. Let's do life together because fellowshipping with one another as we break bread, it does a couple things. It actually helps us become more vulnerable. It brings down those walls of, um, you know, what we can just set up automatically because we're breaking bread together. It's it's amazing what having, you know, lunch and dinner and morning tea and all these things together in homes can do. It can have us talk about real life matters, real life issues. It can have us reach out to one another and say, yeah, you know, this has happened, but I'm struggling in this area, and you know, my family is struggling here. And what that does is it allows us to bring prayer into the mix because it's not just about fellowshipping, you know, it's not just about the fellowship with each other, but it's the fellowship of the believers. We have a common ground. Our common ground is that we stand on the chief cornerstone who is Christ Himself, and we do that together. That is the common ground. That is where our source derives from. So when it comes to fellowshipping, we fellowship as believers and we come together. So when there are these moments that we need prayer, guess what? We're in the homes of each other, watching the service, just as we're having service right now and praying together. When this is happening in our lives, we can share that because we feel connected as we have bread together, as we have food together. There's something about this, guys, that just brings a stronger connection and it builds a stronger community. And guess what? It creates that real sense of family. So when believers gather together, it actually opens up the door for those who don't know who Christ is because. People who don't know Christ want to first see a healthy family. Because anyone that sees a healthy family is drawn to that family. And us being the salt of the earth, us being the light of the world, us being the ambassadors of Christ, we are to represent what that family looks like. So the early church has always been purposed to resemble and be a family, not an organization. I'm sorry. It's not meant to be that way. It's meant to be a family. And I believe that God was able and willing and wanted to, because he's the one that moves in the hearts of men. He's the one just like you and I. He revealed himself to us. He came to us. He found us. So as Paul had an encounter with Christ, that couldn't have happened unless the Lord revealed himself. So he reveals himself to us by the Holy Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit that changes the hearts. So as the scripture says, God added Those people day by day, he added the souls. He added people day by day to the church. I truly believe he did that because the early church had the perfect, uh, Yeah, they were imperfect, but they had the perfect display and the framework and the representation of what a healthy body looks like, of what a family looks like. Sure, families have dysfunctions. Sure, families have disagreements. Sure, it happens. But the home is a safe place because you don't have to be perfect to come into the home. That's what the world wants you to think. That's what the spirit of the world wants you to think. I got to have everything right. I got to do this right. I got to do that right. No. Fellowship with one another is about being ourselves. Real faith takes real vulnerability. And I'm sorry, when you're vulnerable, it's the opposite of perfection. It's messy. And we have to realize that. And I believe we do. As we get stronger together, even where we are currently, right now, we're going forward. We're moving, you know, upward and going in the right direction. Let's not try to go back to what it used to be like. Oh, when we met here and when we, you know, were having morning tea. And, you know, those are things to, yeah, reminisce about. And and that's great. And look, I'm not saying that can't happen. As a matter of fact, we'll have those moments where we do gather together as a body and worship together. And there's nothing that can replace that. Because again, we read in the scripture, they went to the temple. But I I want for us as a community, Melbourne Life, and as the church, to really get more into what it looks like on the other side of that which is not just the temple but house to house how do we gather together how do we get in each other's lives how do we build one another up how do we have this time where we're being frequent about seeing one another talking to one another You know, I even find myself calling and talking to people in our church and just wanting to catch up, seeing how you're doing, seeing how life is going as we're all in this situation right now. When we move past this, we have to be really purposeful in becoming stronger. And I truly believe that will be accomplished as we fellowship with one another. That can be during the service. That can be during the week. But as we start to build together this community, even when it comes to gathering in each other's homes, it's going to be unbelievably amazing. And we are going to see God add people to our community because we're going to represent what a healthy church looks like. I want to end by just saying how blessed I was just to see those that came on uh, and joined up with the community, clicking that button uh, after service, where it just takes you straight into the Zoom. We saw some. I I saw people: Joel, Ella, you know, uh, the Chua's, uh, little Christian, little Zachary. I mean, we saw people Christians walking. Now, it's 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 amazing. We. We saw family that we had not seen in so long, and there's so many more of you out there, and we want you to click on so we can just catch up because this is what we're able to do right now. But as we go forward and being with each other physically, it's gonna be awesome, it's gonna be fun, it's gonna be exciting, and it's gonna strengthen each one of us. So as we grow in Christ and as pressure comes against those and against all of us who represent who Christ is, we're going to be able to stand together and see and, and be able to say, this is what the church looks like. This is what family looks like. The early church represented this, and the church of today is going to represent this also. So after I pray, after we go back to worship, look, once the service is over, click on that community. Join us. We want to see your face. We want to talk. We want to chat. And we want to pray. Tell us how you're doing. Tell us what's happening. Because we're all experiencing life in a crazy way right now. But what's important is We're doing it together because we want to fellowship together as believers, as they did back then. We want to do the same now. So, Father, I pray that you will touch every person here that is watching this, Lord, that you will ignite their faith, that you will give us to understand there is strength not only by us being led by your power, Holy Spirit. But by us being unified together and having fellowship as believers, you don't leave that out. You include that and you make that just as important as anything else, because we are your body. So I thank you for every single person on today. I thank you, Lord, for encouraging them. I thank you, Father, for speaking to them. And I thank you, Lord, for preparing even their hearts of where we are going when it comes to this lockdown and the restrictions being eased. And as we can see the light begin to shine at the end of the tunnel, we will know what it looks like for us to be a healthy church, for us to be involved with one another. We will know what it looks like to gather together and to lift each other up through prayer and through the breaking of bread, Lord. And Father, right now, I just pray that you will be with all of us and that this word will be an encouragement and a blessing to everyone that has heard it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Worship, let's go out with that last song, and I'll see you guys in community. See ya.